this is the car dealer podcast driven by car gurus. You want the best return from your advertising budget and car gurus piston heads are focused on the same goal. With car gurus piston heads you have access to millions of monthly shoppers across both sites who can turbocharge your digital forecourt. Connect with in-market high quality buyers today. For more information, visit dealerpackages.cargurus.co.uk and schedule a demo with their team. For a limited time only, get 10% reduction off your new subscription when you tell them that we sent you. That's dealerpackages.cargurus.co.uk. Welcome back to the Car Dealer Podcast. If you've never listened before, we do our roundup of the week's news a little differently. We've made it into a competition to choose the best stories of the week. And we ask an industry guest to choose the winner. Joining me is car dealer editor-in-chief James Bagger. And this week, our guest judge is none other than the John Ray. Welcome back, John. Thank you for joining us again on the podcast. How has your week been? Oh, it's been delightful. Absolutely delightful, as ever. My computer's broken. Uh, It's all in disarray. But apart from that, it's fine. What has been keeping you busy this week? Uh, Well, my usual duties as... Car Dealer Magazine's uh, web person is what I'm going to say to that because I can't think of anything off the top of my head, <laughs> but I'm sure I have definitely been working. I've definitely done some work this week. James, Absolutely. how are you? What have you been keeping busy with? Uh, I'm fine, thank you. Uh, I've been keeping busy with mostly used car award stuff. Uh, this week, we have been very busy with mystery shopping. Um, which has been incredibly interesting. So I've been working with the mystery shopping team on the used car awards. Um, The shortlist is out on Monday, um, and that's going to be very interesting indeed. Monday, the 25th of October, we'll be putting out the shortlist for used car awards. But it's been, um, I I always like looking in at the the mystery shopping for used car awards. I always find it fascinating because there's, there's, we obviously do a first cut of all of the people that come in to, to create that nomination list. And we do that by online reviews and, and um, <clears throat> excuse me, and the citations that they've been given. Um, but when it actually comes down to the crunch of what are they actually like when we try and when we speak to them um, and when the team actually go out and visit them, um, it's quite interesting to see if the good guys really are good. Um, and what I can say is those at the top are absolutely brilliant, but there are some in that list not done so well. I think we should publish all the bad ones. I don't think that'll go down well. No, I don't. But it is interesting. It's the like, first time I've actually had a proper look at some of the mystery shopping. Well, I absolutely. find it very interesting, what, um, like some of the people who don't even pick up the phone. Yeah, and there's a lot in there. There's a lot in there. I haven't even picked up the phone or haven't even replied to email inquiries or online inquiries. You know, and these are people that are in, in categories for, for, for websites and customer care. I mean, it's... Yeah, I, I, do, I always do find it interesting when we do the mystery shopping. We take it incredibly seriously. Um, as, yeah, as, you, as you well know, we, we, we like to make sure those who actually get the awards are really are the best. So we put a lot of time and effort into this mystery shopping. And um, I've just been stuck in spreadsheets upon spreadsheets um, finding out the results. But it'll be out on Monday, I promise you, even if it means working on weekend. Very good. Uh, so today we're going to be doing the car dealer quiz once again. James and I have both chosen five stories that have appeared on car dealer this week. We're going to take it in turns to talk about the news we've chosen. And then at the end, John will decide who has won. So if you want to play along, then you can tweet at car dealer mag with the stories you think we should have included. And if you enjoy what you hear today, then please let us know by giving us a rating and review wherever you are listening. Last week, James won and he is still leading 5-1. So he does get to go first. 
Did I, I don't think I did win last week, did I? Yeah, you did. Because I even got an apology email afterwards from Darren saying, sorry for not letting you win. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> that is good. Um, okay. Um, I, um, I'm going to make a, I'm going to start with a confession. I've been very, very poor um, preparing for this week's quiz. So I've been mostly doing this on the hoof. Please, John, do not mark me down because of that. Um, <laughs> I'm, uh, I have had a good look through the. Uh, I've had a good look through the stories in the last five minutes, and there are some um, ones that caught my eye, and they're the ones that I'm going to go for. Uh, and I am going to start with um, the uh, price of most popular second-hand cars rising by almost sixty percent. Now, I read this story uh, moments ago, um, <laughs> and. Um, I had to double check the headline because I couldn't really believe it. 60%. This is this the auto trader figures? No, or? this is this is AA AA car, Oh yes. Uh, AA car yeah. um, information uh, that they've they've put out. I think um John, did you send me the link? The BBC have covered this today. Mm, that's right. Yeah, on the homepage. With, with none other than Peter Smythe commenting in the uh, in on the Ooh, BBC. Of podcast fame. Of podcast fame, yes, of course. Um, but yeah, they, it's interesting that they, they've picked up on this story. It's starting to actually, the, the wider public is starting to realise that the cars are going up in value. But 60%, I mean, that's Bitcoin rises, isn't it? Right there. Um, the car that went up the most was the mini hatch, 57% um, in the last year, which I just think is utterly nuts. How long will it go on for? I have no idea. But I wrote a leader column in the last issue. Um, summarising a lot of the stuff that we'd spoken about on the podcast for the last couple of weeks and said, I don't think it's going to change anytime soon because these new cars aren't going to be made any quicker, are they? And it's because even if they do suddenly find a load of semiconductors under the mattress, they're still not going to be able to build them quick enough, are they? This is true. Story number one, right there, right back at you. Um, I'm going to choose one which sort of, sort of leads on from it. Uh, But I thought it was quite interesting. talking about how these stories have kind of hit the mainstream news. Uh, what Car did a survey this week where they said about 10% of buyers are willing to wait nine to 12 months for a new car. And I think this kind of comes back to what you were saying. I think you mentioned this last week that people don't actually mind waiting that long for a car because it's a new car. It's got to be built. They want it to be built perfectly. They want that perfect new car. I don't know if that does play into it, but I did think it's interesting that it does. Um, there was like 34% of willing to wait more than 16 weeks, which is up from 20% of people said that in April and a fifth were willing to make more, wait more than six months. What do you think? Oh, would I you wait know. that long? I don't think I would. And I, I think this, this is... I mean, you are known for being the world's most impatient man. So I wouldn't say you're exactly the barometer for these sorts of things. I can't things. have the <laughs> I'm not having it. Um, no, I, I, I'm not sure. I don't think people really do like waiting i think they like the fact that cars feel bespoke and it's exclusive if they have to wait a little bit but doesn't this doesn't this say they're happy to wait for up to a year no they're not people are yeah. not happy to wait up to a year. only 10 percent of buyers yes but, they but i i suppose it depends on what they're waiting for if they're in a you know a current bmw 3 series and they're waiting for their new bmw 3 series which is exactly the same in every way I could probably wait a year for that. But if you've mm. got no car at all at the minute, that's a different situation, isn't it? Mm. It has reminded me of a situation when you did spec up a Volvo ridiculously, though, and you had to wait quite a long time for them to build it <laughs> because it had absolutely every optional extra box ticked. And so it should. And, there was, and that's 
probably what caused this whole semiconductor crisis in the first place. No, it wasn't. That, that's why we've now got a brown paint shortage because I was the only person <laughs> brown. Um, but it was absolutely fantastic. And I stand by the fact that that V60 was absolutely the best spec ever. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I don't... I think on this front, seriously, on this on, on this point, I mean, this, this was a Whatcast survey, wasn't it? 1,245 people, so a decent sample size. Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that that many people are willing to wait, that, I mean, that's good news for dealers, isn't it? Um, that's what they want to hear, because it, it, wasn't there a point made about salespeople at the moment? I mean, how do you incentivize a salesperson? when you? Oh, that, we were talking about that last week, weren't we? Yeah, weren't we? It's like, it, it's such a weird world that we live in at the moment. Um, and I think if people are happy to wait, then if you're selling spaces in a in a waiting list, then then happy days for dealers. Not a lot of handovers, though. Not a lot of handovers. No. Right, my go. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go for um, that was on my list, by the way. Um, that that story. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll cross it off. Now I'm going to go with the legal action in Australia um, against Mercedes-Benz. There's a group of dealers that are taking Mercedes-Benz to court uh, over the agency model. Um, they're clearly not very happy about this. Um, pretty pretty cheesed off by the fact that um, another manufacturer is now going to just do direct sales to to consumers via the, via their manufacturer website and the dealers are going to facilitate the handovers. Um, there is a group of 50, so 50 dealer groups who together have got 65 sites across Australia who've launched a $650 million class action um, to fight uh, the move from the manufacturer. And I just, I picked this story because it shows you, doesn't it, that there are some dealers out there that are not going to take this line down. Um, and this is going to be a big, big battleground um, I think over the coming years, um, all over the world, it hasn't yet started here in the UK, but I wouldn't be surprised if it does. I mean, if we rewind the clock slightly, and I did have time to uh, search our website for this story, um, Darren Edwards, um, the CEO of Sitna, wrote for us um, earlier in the summer about why he uh, has got big concerns about the agency models. Um, and he believes that it's actually going to adversely affect the best performing dealers because you got to think, haven't you? The, the best dealers here who, who, are, who are managing to sell the most cars are doing so because they're very, very good at their jobs. And that's because they've finely tuned the way they do business. Um, they've come up, they've set up their businesses in that way um, and they perform fantastically as a result. In the future with agency models, that is not going to happen because they're not going to have any say over those sales. If it's, it's going to be delivered to the nearest dealer, depending on where that customer's ordered from. And that really does change things. And, and dealers are going to have to completely look at their businesses in a different way, because they're not going to be able to be the masters of their own destiny when it comes to those, when it comes to those car sales. And it, it's clear from this class action over in, in Australia that, that some aren't going to take it lying down. They're going to they're going to fight it. And, and I think we've seen it also, haven't we, in, in Europe somewhere? Was it Austria uh, with Peugeot? Uh, the Peugeot dealers, I think it was, it was somewhere in, in Europe that there a similar, a similar um, court case was, was playing out. And I'm pretty sure we're going to see many more. So we're going to have a lot to write about agency sales over the next few months and years, I think. It's funny, isn't it? After we were talking about it with Mike Jones and he was saying that most manufacturers actually aren't that advanced with their thinking on this sort of stuff. Yeah, I found that interesting as well, because um, actually D Darren was saying that he's hearing that a lot of them are, um, 
are, are already planning this. Um, and I think the Volkswagen Group are already doing it with some cars, aren't they, um, in Europe? And I think that's, I mean, they're a big player. They're, mm. that's, they're the ones who are really going to start, really going to start pushing it. And electric cars is, is the ones that, that it's the opportunity that these manufacturers have got to do it. Um, I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll be interested to see how this one, this one plays out, but I can see fireworks in the distance. Very good. Um, Over to you. <laughs> I am going to go with the very important and very serious news that one of the cheeky girls works oh. for a Hyundai showroom in York. I was really worried you were going to say this last. I totally this one. Oh. <laughs> uh, the most exciting news of the week that has gone for, absolutely. Poor John Bowman, who wrote the story. Yes. Um, but basically, that is Gabriella, is it? I believe so. Uh, I mean, works. they're interchangeable. They're not interchangeable, James. Okay. Um, but yeah, just very exciting news that um, she's started working as a sales ex- executive at a Hyundai dealership in York, and that's basically all there is to the story. I mean, it's a brilliant story. Um, mm. I love the fact that she's there. Um, I also like the fact that we think we hunted down um, the second cheeky girl. Uh, to another dealership um we're pretty in sure Boston that we, or something isn't it yeah we're pretty sure we found her um on the facebook page presenting a number of videos and without facial recognition software which we do not possess we can't 100 percent for certain say it is her so we haven't followed that story up but jack williams has been trying to get hold of an exclusive interview with cheeky girl number two because i don't know her name it does sound like she probably doesn't want to talk about it but well, yeah. I if suppose. you're out there listening to the podcast, do get in touch. Yes, please. As we like to say. Anyway, that's my story. How many hits did the cheeky girls actually have? Do you uh, mean on our website or? Yeah, that's what I thought. You <laughs> I mean, there was, a, there was a, a, an incredible amount on the website, but I mean, in the uh, charts. Well, there was the three? the one single, wasn't there? We are the cheeky girls. You there's... are the cheeky boys. Uh, anyone <laughs> on like that? I do believe. Here is a Hyundai on finance, I think, was the third one. <laughs> um, oh, God, I can't believe I'm looking at something now. How many, how many hits do the cheeky girls have? Any guesses? I'm just going to see how many that I actually wrote. Take your shoes off. Do you remember that classic? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, remember. I don't remember that one. It's just um, what you tell people when they come in your house. Yeah, take your shoes off. No, I don't actually remember. You do your next. While you do some research on that, brilliant. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I can't believe I forgot the cheeky girls. Um, I should probably just stand down from the competition now, shouldn't I? Uh, I am going to go with um, man arrested uh, for smashing up a used car dealership in Wreck It Ralph Timber Tantrum. Shouldn't laugh, but brilliant headline. I just imagine this guy with massive arms running around this dealership, just smashing up all of the cars. Uh, this was obviously um, in America. Um, it's, uh, the headlines come off the back of the fact that the police likened the pair to Disney character Wreck-It Ralph and labelled the incident, I quote, a full-scale temper tantrum. <laughs> you can do... Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. Um, but yeah, they were asked to leave uh, after they became... <laughs> ...and launched a spree of vandalism. <laughs> so... Sorry, but that is my story. Uh, you can tell I've really prepped for this week. How much um, damage did they actually cause? Um, literally no idea. Quite a Some. lot. <laughs> I 
take I'm gonna say quite a lot. Um yeah, that's it. Over to you. Thanks. Um, so this is an actual sort of, yeah, this is a serious story. I don't know why I said sort of. Uh, this week, obviously, the government announced the actual plans for their net zero campaign. Yes. Um, where they're going to be, what is it this time? Building back greener. If you're not building back something, then you're not part of the cabinet, are you? Um, but what I thought was interesting was um, the news. So it's they've dedicated like £620 million now or something towards electric cars. Very yeah. exciting. Uh, but Vanarama boss Andy Alderson says that is not enough because they have had so many electric car orders this year um, that they just don't think that actually setting aside that much money is going to help everybody. Um, well, it's, it's too little too late, isn't it? I mean, they've obviously yes. listened to my rant of last week uh, about obviously. there are no charging points that work uh, any of the service stations that you care to visit. Um, car, electric car sales are are too fast compared to the amount of rollout they're doing of charging points. John Ray, you are the person, per, perfect person to speak to because aren't you driving the, the world's smallest ranged electric car as a long-termer? Uh, yes, I am. It's uh, not the G-Wiz. It's the Mazda MX-30 available in all good Mazda showrooms now. With Chip that- depending. Uh, <laughs> Chip also what, depending. What uh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, in theory, 120 miles. In reality, about 100. So I drive it everywhere and stop at about 80 because I'm paranoid that I'll get to a, a charge point and it won't work and then I'll have to go another 30 miles and then that one won't work and then I'll cry. We'll be right back. The Car Dealer Podcast is driven by Cargurus. You want the best return from your advertising budgets and Cargurus Piston Heads are focused on the same goal. With them, you have access to millions of monthly shoppers across both sites who can turbocharge your digital forecourt. Connect with in-market, high-quality buyers today. For more information, visit dealerpackages.cargurus.co.uk and schedule a demo with their team. For a limited time only, you can get 10% reduction on your new subscription when you tell them that we sent you. That's dealerpackages.cargurus.co.uk. Now, let's get back to the quiz. Have you had the same experience that I have of no charging points working wherever you go? I haven't had quite the same experience because I'm not as, um, what's the word, rage-filled, I think. <laughs> um, it's not been a glowing review of James today. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, there are, definitely, there are definitely problems. Like, you know, you, you get to know reasonably quickly the charging networks that you trust, so... Instavolt, for example, they're really good. So I've never been to an Instavolt one that hasn't worked. So you just instantly, instantly, you just deliberately go for those ones whenever you're planning a route. Um, whereas the biggest one in the UK is BP, had no end of issues with BP. Either the charge point doesn't work or it doesn't let you leave. You know, you're, you have to abandon your cable or phone the um, helpline and a... A lady tells you you're in the wrong town because she got the wrong like map thing up or something. It's all completely bizarre. But the, the problem is there just seems to be, there needs to be like a, I don't know, there needs to be some sort of intervention to make sure that when these things are installed, if they actually work yeah. is the bottom line. Because, you know, like if you had BP, if there's a BP petrol station in every town across the UK, if 50% of them, didn't dispense any pet- petrol for all year um there would be uproar wouldn't there as we know from you know the mm. last 
few weeks of petrol crisis. But for EVs, there just no one seems to be bothered. There's just these dead charging points that they don't look after, and no but one even seems if you to do would, anything about um, it. If you were driving up the motorway and there was no mm. fuel at a petrol station, there would be an overhead thing saying no fuel here, like go yes. to the next one. But you don't, you end up driving off the motorway, you go to typically, I find this with ecotricity, and then you find there's either none available. And I'm not really suggesting the government tells you when there's no charging points available on the overhead banners, although that would be helpful. Mm. But if they didn't, if they don't work, like we had this the other week where you drive in and then there's a sign, there was a little paper sign saying charger does not work. Um, and I mean, that's actually probably better because we drove, just drove past, whereas plenty where you like actually plug in to find mm. then that it doesn't work. Um, it's absolutely shocking. And, and people don't realise how quickly the electric cars are being taken up. So we stayed at a nice hotel this week in the car park, huge, and we're talking huge car park, the sort of place where everybody has bought an electric car because they own businesses and it's very good for them to do so. There's one pod point charger. <laughs> You know, there's like seven seven kilowatts, and it's got like a PHEV plugged into it, and the Tesla's yeah. like sort of sat next to it. Kind of, I think there's the this is the other thing, isn't it? It's this kind of etiquette of car, of car charging. I think, I mean, my point would be if you've got a PHEV, and funnily enough, I was actually driving the PHEV. If you've got a PHEV, you should not plug it in in a public service charging point because there are people <laughs> who are going to be desperate, going to more desperately need it than you. Yeah, I was also driving a PHEV this week compared to my normal electric thing. And I had the same sort of feeling like half half of me wanted to not plug it in for that exact reason. But then the other half of me thought, if I don't, I'm going to get 30 miles per gallon on the way home. Yeah. So but the other problem is, you know, it's all it's all well and good installing charge points, but it seems to be a bit of a <sighs> there's like, you know, a let's say a shopping center installs eight charge points or not. Well, not even eight installs four charge points and pats themselves on the back. That's not the end of it. They need to keep adding them. Mm. That's the problem. You know, like as soon as there's a shopping centre near me in Leicester, which I went to yesterday at seven o'clock at night or something, all eight charge points full because, you know, the people of Leicester know that that's where a charge point works. So, of course, they go there. But (laughs) you need to like add more. Mm. Otherwise, it's just going to be the same situation that we're in now. Mm. Yeah, at this hotel I was at, while I was paying the bill, I must have been there five minutes the receptionist took two phone calls and both of them were about have you got an electric car charger yeah i mean it shows you doesn't it they must have thought at that point i don't know we've had a lot of people asking us can we can we plug our cars in and we only have one charger we probably yeah Mm. but i think yeah i mean it's they're they're definitely not being rolled out quick enough yeah i'm glad the government slightly caught up and decided they're going to start putting some cash in but i agree with andy from from vanarama there's definitely not enough money and they need to be doing it a lot quicker so we stop ranting about electric cars (laughs) i like electric cars i like electric cars it's charging i do not like yes you go for your one then i'll go for my one um i'm gonna go for guess what kazoo buying something else mm. uh, this week in uh, in supermarket sweep uh, kazoo has snapped up uh, a van website a van website and their um, and the dealership behind it obviously um so this is kazoo's latest purchase of vans 365 um they've spent i think 6.5 million on it um which is not a lot of cash um but interesting move for these guys isn't it going into um into vans after used cars 
Um, I saw a few comments on my LinkedIn after posting this story that they said if they thought used cars were going to be difficult, wait until they start selling to van buyers. And I can well believe that. You can imagine, can't you, what it's like selling to the sort of people who buy vans. They definitely want to deal, probably want to do it all in cash. Um, and uh, yeah, so interesting. for Massive stereotypes. <laughs> Also true. Um, but yeah, interesting for Kazoo to do that. And again, I like the fact that they have to say how much they paid for it. 6.5 million uh, for a dealership that stocks 250 new and used uh, vans and the team of technicians for servicing. So it's actually sales as well. They're not leased or... Yeah, um, sales, yeah, as well. Um, and it, they said they were going to go into, into the commercial vehicle market later this year. Um, and they are... Uh, this is going to help push it forward. It is subject to FCA approval, though, and I did ring the FCA because I was interested in why they were having to uh, approve the deal, um, and they didn't know. Um, thank you <laughs> for, for, that, for that incredibly helpful. <laughs> you mean uh, so? It's probably the person at the FCA didn't know, not the FCA in general. Well, same thing, isn't it? They were the spokesperson for the FCA, uh, and they said, oh, "We will send you why it is uh, on email." That's never arrived. Um, so, but they, I think it's probably something to do with, with the, um, with the finance, um, and the fact that the really, the fact that the licenses are changing, John, thank you very much. Moving on, your go, Rebecca. Um, I am going to go for one that wasn't really a story. It wasn't the roundup this week, but I thought it was very interesting um, about a Clio V6 that's up for sale with collecting cars. I love the Clio V6. Did you see this story? No, I didn't. Do you want to guess how much they think it's going to fetch? Bearing in mind, it's got 980 miles on the clock. Oh, um, 980 miles on the clock. I reckon, how much would I pay for that? Uh, what colour is it? Yellow. <laughs> Yellow, very good colour. Um, how much would I pay? Uh, I reckon somebody who's really stupid would pay um, 75 grand. £70,000. what I think off. it's going to go for. Yeah, that's actually very good. Um, yeah, so they reckon it's going to break the current record, which is 62000 and something pounds. I mean, they are absolutely amazing do you remember the one that we had uh when we went to wales and we took the we took it there with all the other yeah absolutely fell in love with it it was yellow as well wasn't it and it's not that makes a difference in how fast i don't think that's a bad price considering what you see like subaru impressors going for now yeah Yeah. but they were like 30 that's much rarer obviously that's a really low mile car isn't it and i reckon you could probably still get them for thirty-five thousand if it was Mm. not particularly well looked after but I don't what? really think there's a lot of bad ones out there, are there? Like Incredible car, that. Mm. The other one I'd really like, sticking with Renault's, is an R26R. Another one of my favourites. They are going to shoot up. Well, now's the time to buy. Yeah, probably. They've probably already gone up. Um, <laughs> good better. story, though. I like that. Um, my last one, then, is it? I think it is. Um, I'm going to go with um, Inchcape Retail's um, losses. Um, so they uh, their accounts for last year came out this week and Inchcape Retail suffered another pretty poor year um, is what some could say 6.6 million loss in 2019 worse than tenfold to 65.6 million pound loss uh, and that's despite claiming more than 11 million pounds in furlough I just I don't I can't work this out I mean some of the other dealers in the last year, have absolutely had it away. I mean, mm. what has gone wrong there? I mean, that is bad, isn't it? I mean, that is a massive, massive loss. Um, 
we, we've covered several stories about Inchicate, sort of changing the way they're doing business and trying to move away from 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 dealerships into the distribution they do all the way all, all, all around the world um maybe they just need to do it a bit quicker maybe big yeah big loss that um and, and incredibly incredibly disappointing last story that's my full set yes I, uh, this is my last story because i think it's really interesting and i think that people should go and read the story um if they haven't read it yet but um for legal issues i don't really want to dive into it too much uh, but this is a story this week that you might have seen about the um the car what's what was i going to say car buyer i guess they were a car buyer and car seller um who tried to part exchange their ferrari 599 gtb as a mm. much rarer gto uh, it was quite an interesting story i've had so many people message me about this story this week um because basically the um the dealership part exchanged it for a more expensive McLaren. Um, and then when it went into the workshop, um, it was discovered that it wasn't actually the GTO and they ended up going to court and all this stuff. So go read the story if you want all the details. But the one thing I will say is I read this story and I thought I can only imagine how um, pleased with themselves the technician would have been when they realised that the salesman had traded in a car for I think it was oh, five thousand yeah. pounds less. <laughs> Can you imagine going out to say that? Uh, yeah. Well, you know what it's like, don't you? The technicians yes. are the never the most friendliest of bunches in, uh, in in dealerships. So yeah, you can imagine that going. Well, I'm going to get you in trouble on this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, that is my final story. But before we move on, I just want to uh, make sure that you know all of the. The five store, uh, five songs that Cheeky Girls have had in the top forty. Five songs in the top forty. Yes, um, wow. I'm sure you can guess that the word cheeky features quite a lot. Um, they That's got my bum. Is that one of them? Yes, they got number two with that. Take your shoes off, which I cannot remember for the life of me. Got to number three. Um, hooray, hooray! It's a cheeky holiday. <laughs> <laughs> remember that one? No. <laughs> that also got to number three. Yeah. Um, another Christmas track. Have a cheeky Christmas. Oh, lovely. Um, we've got cheeky flamenco. Don't remember that. Only got to number twenty nine. And um, boys and girls. That actually got to fifty. So sorry, this isn't top forty. Don't remember that either. No. Wow. A blur cover. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to have to go listen to these now as well to see if I do actually remember them. You won't. No. Um, but yes, that is all my stories. John, do you think we missed anything this week? No, I had prepared the, the Ferrari trading story because I thought mm. you were going to miss that, <laughs> um, which is my favourite of the week because I, I looked at that and thought, I wonder how, obviously we're talking about very high value products there. But mm. I wonder how often that happens with stuff lower down the chain. You know, for example, um, Subarus, Lots of thousands and thousands or hundreds and hundreds of Impressa special editions over the years. No one with a normal brain can keep track of that, can they? Like, how are you supposed to, in terms of valuing a car that comes in at some special edition, how do you know that it's not just have the bumpers grafted on from the actual special edition and all this, that, and the other? Well, this is so what, difficult, really. Yeah, this is what someone said to me this week was that they um, thought that the dealership had actually got away with that because car dealers are supposed to be the experts and normally if you price a car wrong then that's like on your head but I guess 
I think there's usually more to these sort of stories. Like if something goes to court, there's there must have been mm. something in the run up. You don't just start taking customers to court for no reason. Mm. I say that some, sometimes people do take people to court for no reason. I can't speculate, That's but true. that does sort of seem to me like an, an odd thing to do unless there was more to the story. Mm. I think it's just to do with the cash value of it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I'm sure it happens a lot more than. Well, I don't know. Do I know? You I don't, don't know if I think it does. No, I know I don't know, but I just wonder whether you just I you just see so many like or like um well it's hard to think of a car that a special edition one is worth like 35 grand more than the normal one, isn't it? Mm. But I would have thought you could do it with anything, couldn't you? Like the Ford Focus ST five hundred or whatever, RS five hundred. Well, I suppose you could wrap it and it's that sort of thing, isn't it? Is how would you? But surely, if I mean, surely, if you've got a car like that and you are trading it in, you'd have some provenance, or you'd show you'd show it, wouldn't you? I think that, mm. and I, I think with this story, there was an HPI check as well done on it, and I'm not sure, hundred percent sure, not how that happened, but I think both sides. There's clearly something going wrong. I don't want to go into too many details because it's probably it's a legal case, isn't it? And uh, and there's been some there've been some rulings on it. But I think there's pro- there is a chance of this happening to, to dealers up and down the country. And actually, the person who sent it in to me and said, "Have you seen this?" said, "This is you. You need to make dealers aware of this because this could happen to anybody. You know, they really need to check this stuff carefully." Um, the other thing was this happened during lockdown, the first lockdown of last year. So probably made that even more difficult. They probably the usual processes of the I mean the dealership wouldn't even been open. So the usual processes wouldn't have been in place. So I think it was just a bit of a pitfall of that really and and, and a bit of a fallout off the back of it. But yeah, com- a complicated one, but dealers definitely should be keeping an eye out for this sort of stuff in the future. Hmm. Well, John, who do you think won them? I don't mind making noises because I, I already know. Um, it's going to have to go to cheeky Rebecca. <laughs> and to be honest with you, I, you it, 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 it couldn't have gone to anybody else. I can't believe I forgot that story. It was the best story, probably, of the last six months. <laughs> I thought it was quite dangerous not going for it first. I was convinced you were going to choose it, but no. no story of John Bowman's career, I think. Actually. I think so, yeah. Yeah, if he doesn't get a call from the cheeky girls, he's going to be devastated. Well done. Thank you. Thank you, John. It's been lovely to have you on the show again. Uh, Thank you so much for your time on this Friday afternoon. No problem. I was very busy trying to remember what it is that I do. (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you to all of you who have listened today as well. If you want to find out more about any of the stories we've mentioned, you can click the links in the show notes below, or you can head over to cardinalmagazine.co.uk and scroll down to the podcast section. If you would like to have your own say on who you thought should have won, then um, if you're listening on Spotify, you can now vote in our poll. Uh, So do let us know if you think I shouldn't have won. But thank you again. And until next time, goodbye.